Welcome to the latest episode of Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast. And my word, it's a packed show. We will look back at last week's tournaments on the European Tour at the Czech Masters and obviously on the PGA, the Northern Trust over at Liberty National. We'll preview this week's tournaments at the European Masters of Kronz this year and the BMW Championship up in Baltimore. But also, we have so much more. We don't have just one song this week. We have two songs. Bookending the podcast, we'll have a song at the start, which is a take on the Don McLean Starry Story Nights. And then we'll have Big Bro's first ever song, his take on the jams, a bomb in Wardour Street. But first, before the song, let's have a listen to 19th Hole News. It's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole news. First stop is the Corn Ferry Tour and it was Grayson Sig who shot a 65 in the final round to take the Albertsons voice open and guaranteeing himself a spot on the PGA Tour next season. Other notable players to guarantee themselves a PGA Tour card next season were European Tour regulars Aaron Rye, Lucas Herbert and Matthias Schwab. So good luck to those guys over the other side of the pond next year. On the LPGA, we were up at the famous Carnoustie Lynx for the Women's Open and it was Swedish superstar Anna Norgvist who held off a late challenge for a number of ladies, including Englishwoman Georgia Hall, to take the title but focus turns for the ladies to the Solheim Cup this week over in America. And the team is in, making it in in their own right through the world rankings and the LET points, where Emily Pedersen, Georgia Hall, Anna Nogfis, Sophia Popov, Charlie Hull, Carlotta Seganda. But the captain's picks were the crucial ones. And in came Leona Maguire from Ireland, Madeleine Sagstrom from Sweden, Matilda Kastren from Sweden, Nana Madsen from Denmark, and our very own... Mel Reed. So good luck to the ladies against the Yanks. And on the European tour, it was Johan Veermans who took the D plus D, a real Czech masters over in Prague. And Johan Veermans defeated fellow American and our pick, well, big bros pick, Sean Crocker. We were close, but no cigar. Over on the Champions Tour, it was Rod Pampling who took the Boeing Classic and now that leaves Jerry Kelly at the top in the Schwab Cup. And as we know, Tony Finau, having not won since Puerto Rico five years ago, and he chose a good one for his second title. He took the Northern Trust at Liberty National in a playoff from Cameron Smith. And that leaves him top of the FedEx playoffs as we go into the BMW Championship this week at Caves Valley Golf Course up in Baltimore, Maryland. And just to finish off, Thomas Bjorn wins again. Now, this time it was in a playoff against Welshman Philip Price in the Irish Legends title, a Rosa Penna in Donegal. So well done to Thomas for getting another title. And that rounds up your 19th hole news. That's the 19th hole, that's the 19th hole, that's the 19th hole news. Tony wins the fight. At Liberty on Monday night I play off Jewel and Smith drove right And Spieth's forgotten how to play the game Broken clubs all night 
Frustrated players have missed their flights No drunken louts and make-love fights No sound of those mashed potato chants And now we understand What Tony tried to say to us His game was feeling all okay he knew he'd win again someday They would not listen, they did not know how Perhaps they'll listen now A day off on Sunday The hurricane was here to play Unlike the Aussie Jason Day He was having lunch with Mick and Minnie Mouse a very dampened course I think DJ has lost his horse I joke about his walk of course But maybe it is a stone in his shoe And now we understand What Tony tried to say to us his game was feeling all okay He knew he'd win again someday They would not listen, they did not know how Perhaps they'll listen now They would not listen, they did not know how Perhaps I'll listen now, and now, and now. They say no hobby, Tony, let's go again. Now they're off to Baltimore. Hopefully, many shouts are for. It's not just Bryson, there's many more. Entertain the crowd and do not start a war Just one year ago It was Johnny Rahm, he stole the show A playoff win in just one hole And Finau was in fifth on his own And now we understand What Tony tried to say to us his game was feeling all okay He knew he'd win again someday They would not listen and they did not know how So perhaps they'll listen now Well done, Tony. And that was our take on the Don McLean classic Starry Starry Night. And we will be having a new song, a song to round off today's episode from Big Bro. He's decided to write one. And yes, here he I is. I have. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> yeah, how are you doing, bro? You all right? I'm really all excited right, about mate. this week. Uh, yeah. I thought your vocals were brilliant. Well, I'm you not know. A singer, but yeah, brilliant. All right. No and the lyrics to... were spot on. No need to have a go straight away. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Welcome, Graham. 
Oh, you're not a singer, are you? No, no I, yeah, I'm not. Right. I'm a lyricist, poet, yeah. but didn't know it. Exactly. And all that. You know, all I'm fun. no Sam. Ha- I'm fun. no Sam Harrop, but you know, the no, lyrics no. are all right. Yeah. Anyway, right. Last week, God, that was a, an interesting one. It feels like tournaments have just morphed. You know, two tournaments have morphed into one. The way it went mm. on. I feel but, like yeah. I'm, I'm using a, a a regular pass to a roller coaster or a theme park. It's like every week seems to be just such a ride. It's unbelievable. Scream if you want to go faster. <laughs> it's um. It was they knew. You know, let's talk about the Liberty National um, straight off. Um, you know, they knew there was a hurricane coming. It was all in the pay. People boarding up the houses and shops and, and what have you. All up the northeast coast. And the decision would have been, the wise decision from the PGA would have been to play 36 holes on the Saturday, which we did tweet about. And a lot of people have mentioned as well. But they didn't. And Crazy, crazy situation. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Really? I mean, seriously. I mean, you, you got a field of what seventy or whatever, whatever the cut mark was. They mm. could have easily got it in from a logistical point of view. Easily started early in the morning. Um, but yeah, I'd, I mean, the people that make these decisions, I have no idea. Sometimes. Ridiculous. Well, the BMW, um, you know, the guys up in Baltimore, all oh, the sponsors and the commitments from players and, and what have you. you know, a lot of money goes into these tournaments and sponsors. You know deservedly want to be want to have the players up there that they're meant to be having players for pro-ams or meetings and greetings and and you know so it's it's cut into their time this week which is a shame but you know there are there have been players who missed the cut and still or missed the tournament sorry and were still eligible for this week um that have gone up and practiced and this is a course not many people will know about but we'll talk about that in a bit um, bit more tony finnell Finn, great, you know, yeah. um, he's a fan of um, a fan of ours, you know, bros and birdies. We do like Tony Finnell and five years since his Puerto Rico win, he gets it over the line again. I think it was another case of a, a case of um, when, you know, uh, sort of rather than if he was going to do it. The guy's got such talent. There's no doubt about it. And I, I don't know. I mean, you and I are both watching it. There's many people were and he had this game face on. I don't know if you noticed it. It's just, he just, everything looks so concentrated and he was focused. I know it went to a playoff, but yeah, I mean, great for him. It was like 1965 days since he won or something. It's like, yeah, oh, brilliant like performance. Brilliant performance. Yeah, you are but... measured on your victories, aren't you? But, you know, he has won, you know, between those two wins, he has won about $20 million. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the but... money's rolling in <laughs> and he's gone to the top of the FedEx, you know. So he it's has. Kind of, yeah. It's, um, when I look uh, at him, do you know who I, you said a game face. I looked at him with that beard of his and I, all I could think of was Rolf Harris. How weird is that? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> did you really do? And yeah, do you know no, what he did do? He tied his kangaroo down because in that playoff, he beat the Aussie Cam Smith, but perhaps Cam Smith beat himself anyway. That was a, a really tenuous link to Rolf Harris. And very, Cam very Smith. tenuous, but a good one. But yeah, what I mean, what a poor drive. Seriously, you've just come off the course. It's like, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable drive. It's like it ruined the playoff, didn't it? 
absolutely ruined it. It's... It did, you know, stuck it in the Hudson. Um, very, you know, similar shot to Alex Norrin. And we yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. about it, didn't mention it, but we had a little bit of a uh, last round punt on Alex Norrin at 501 to get in the top one. three. Yeah. And, and he, he was four under through six. <laughs> and um, yeah, and he did finish um, fourth. So, but he put his ball and it's, it was just one of those. It looked like a tired, tired swing from camp. You know, really tired, cut across the ball. No commitment through the swing, you know, and game gone. You've got to wonder, second... haven't you? I mean, what, what did he do the other week? He, he double bogeyed to miss the playoff, didn't he, down at Southwind? I think it was. And, you know, so has the guy got a mental block? I said to you, didn't I? I said he can't do it without Leishman. <laughs> no, but, well, uh... <laughs> I wouldn't mind being a pound behind him neither. Even yeah, exactly. Tournaments yeah. on his own. But yeah. yeah, so it was a great tournament, you know, apart from finishing on a Monday. Do you know, I love the second hole. When you watch the second hole and you're behind the players and it's the par three and just in the distance is the Statue of Liberty. Probably one of oh, those yeah. iconic holes and views in golf. Yeah, it was in brilliant. my opinion, I loved watching it. And I thought the course was great. Um, it was a bit easy. Uh, I know the wind picked up. I think when the wind picks up, it's a different, completely different beast. Obviously, it's a bit like you know, St. Saint- Andrews is a relatively easy course and people score well around there. But if the wind picks up, then it's an absolute monster, of yeah. course. So the wind does need to be roaring across that Hudson and um, from the east. And, I, you know, it's it was a great tournament. I really enjoyed it. Please, Finau got over the line. You know, shame about your pick. No, well, yeah, it was, it was Cam Smith and Rahm. I think I messaged you with four holes to play and said, well, Rahm was just in total control of this. <laughs> you know, almost like the commentator's curse. It's, but um, he, he just looked in total control. Don't know what happened those last four holes. Absolutely cruising. Maybe yeah, it was the strange. pressure of Finau. Finau was, you know, knocking in the birdies. And yeah, Rahm just lost it. Absolutely lost it. Maybe tiredness. Don't know. It's, but he does, but, yeah. you know, look, go back a few years that there have been instances of Ram, you know, losing his temper. And mm. he's talked about, it, you know, having a child recently and this sort of focus has shifted and, and what have you. He's a lot calmer. But we saw that old element of Ram come into his game um, on Monday. And so we know it's still there. We know it's still there. And there's a lot of pressure going on. This FedEx $15 million to the winner, you know. This ain't no hobby, as Kevin Kisner annoyingly says all the time. Um, what about the anger issues, though, bro? I mean, like, you know, there was so many. I, I don't know whether it was the hurricane was fast approaching the, the region. Everybody was a bit temperamental. We had Hovland breaking his putter. I mean, totally uncharacteristic for someone like Victor Hovland. And a concern if I was Ryder Cup captain. You know, yeah. A mm. Massive concern. And I know we'll get to talk about Ryder Cup in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, other anger issues, you know, people losing the plot all over the place. What's well, I think there's on? a lot to be said about the Ryder Cup, you know, in general, the fact that the European team, I think we're in trouble. We're in a lot of trouble. We're having players struggling left, right and centre. And one of the, the definite um, guys on, on merit in the team, Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick, his game is all over the place. Yeah. You know, and then Tyrrell Hatton, his game's all over the place. And you've got the likes of, you know, Guido Miliozzi, who's playing today. We'll talk about him a bit later on. You know, he's, you know, played well in the US Open and has played well in the PGA Tour and did well, British Masters and what have you. And he is obviously, he's got to be focused on getting into Paddy's mind this week, for sure. I think there's a number of people, you know, there are a number of people that are looking at this 
bunch of Europeans and a lot of the English guys and going, these guys really aren't playing well at the moment. I need a couple of tournaments, get some good mm. finishes, get up there. I mean, like this week, obviously, we'll talk about the Amiga European Masters. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people in contention looking for those spots. And, and it must be an absolute mind blow for the captain at the moment to, like, figure out what he's going to do. Unbelievable. I wouldn't like the. I wouldn't like to make those decisions. But then but, again, you're on the other side, and you look at the US team. You know, you got DJ playing so poorly. You got Spieth um, going triple bogey, triple bogey. You know, there are there are elements on the American team as well. So it's going to be a really interesting build up over the next couple of weeks for the Ryder yeah, Cup. Yeah, I can't absolutely. wait. Really, can't wait. No, brilliant. I mean, last week, just to close out on last week for me, from the notes that I've made and stuff, interesting with the FedEx Club. I, I never, I never liked the FedEx Cup layout and the last couple of years I've got to I've warmed to it a little bit more and I think you know this whole kind of from you know 125 down to 70 down to the final 30 you look at what happened last week you know there were, there were six people got chucked out six people came in Fitzy and Hatton Fitzpatrick and Hatton two of them out out of the the next event this week at the BMW um Matthew Wolf out Although consolation, I think he's won the one million dollar Aon Risk Reward Prize, hasn't he? Um, so a little bit of consolation there, but he's out. Uh, Martin Lerd, Troy Merritt, your pick last week, and JT Poston all out. And the players that come in: Harold Varner the third, mm. EVR, Eric Van Royen, Harry Higgs. Where the hell has he come from? I mean, wow. seriously. <laughs> Alex Noren needed that put on eighteen for bogey. To make the top 70, he made it. Brilliant, brilliant up and down after putting it in the Hudson. And um, Mitchell, Keith Mitchell and Tom Hoagie, you know, they're the people to make the top 70 and go through to this week. So it's it's lucrative business. And those players that have missed out, shame on you. Hey, Tom Hoagie. Oh, the Hoagie Hoagie. See, that's what I'd be singing if I was one of those annoying Americans at one of the um, golf courses. Anyway. Uh, and yeah. my last point, Mickelson scraped in 70th place. That could be quite significant this week. And I'll explain a little bit why later on when we get to the BMW. Well, the calves don't lie. Mickelson is there in Baltimore. All right. Well, yeah, you did well. Lowry, Smith, we both had John Rahm. You had Crocker over on, on the European Tour, which we'll talk about now. So, yeah, Crocker, another close one. Two seconds for you this week, mate. That was pretty oh. damn good. Yeah, yeah, close but no cigar. Um, Crocker... He bogeyed 14 and 15 on the back nine. That's really what done him. Um, and, and everybody else around Veerman just crumbled away. Pulkinen, Stenson, faded, went in contention, you know, handed it to him on a plate. But yeah, Crocker I, Crocker was a bit short in the market for me at 35 to 1, but he put up another good performance. I had to stick by him, like I said last week. I know he, he missed the cut the week before after shooting six under first round, but he came back well and he showed that he can play. So, um, yeah, but, you know, and one American loses out, the other one wins. First time winner. Yeah, true Sixth enough. First time winner yeah. on the run on the European Tour. Unbelievable. Sten it was good to see Stenson playing well again. And, you know, is he going to creep into Paddy's eyes? Uh, I, I really do not know. But you did also I, had... Or did I not mention him, bro? Stenson well, and did, Willis. And he... Yeah, yeah he was... Well, Will, it was poor in the end. But Stenson, yeah, yeah you know, he's one of the favourites. But... Um, Kreischvik you had as well, um, who finished tie 7th, didn't he? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah tie 7th. I think my best my best pick, I, oh, geez, it was a terrible week on the European Tour for me, but um, 
I don't know where I'm. Where was I? I'm looking down wasn't, the list. Wasn't now. great for you, but you can yeah. be buoyed by the fact that you have won us some significant Wonga this year, and you're massively up on the stakes um, in terms of our outlays and stuff. So no worries there. Forget last week. It's well gone. another profitable week this week. So you know, not yeah. a massive profit, but again profitable, and that is what it's all about. You know, we're not losing money, and over the well since the Masters, since we started this whole. Um, the podcast we are well up so happy days so is does that round up last week just one more point for me Horsfield always one more point yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know <laughs> I Horsfield was in contention I, yeah. I know I mean we had the Horsfield Ram double as well but um you know I, I don't I really don't understand what goes through some of these pros heads and, and maybe he's an Englishman with an American accent and that's what does it I don't know but Triple bogey, seven at the 11th when you're 132 yards out with a wedge in hand. What the hell is going through your mind? You stick it over the back, triple bogey, you're gone. You're out of it. Uh, what goes on through this guy's head? He's got such I don't know, talent. but he's only, he's only 25. I don't and, whether he's 25 No, he's actually not. 24. He's coming up to 25 in, in October. But... You know, he's won twice on the he's 99th in the world rankings, only been a pro since 2017. Yeah, he's, he does make some terrible decisions, but we see that quite a lot. We see yeah, that yeah. a lot. He's not and alone. No, he's definitely not alone. And it's, um, you know, 60, 68, 67, separated by 72, 75, 23rd tied. Not the worst result in the world, but not where he wants to be. And is this a course that suits him this week? We will find out. But that rounds up last week's review of the tournaments. Um, and let's jump straight in. Let's actually, should we stay? Stay in Europe? Let's stay yeah, in Europe. Yeah, let's stay in Europe. Come on. Let's stay in Europe and talk about this week, Kranz Sussier for the Amiga European Masters. Love this course. Absolutely love it. I'll tell I'd you love what. to go there. Oh, no. Do you know what, bro? In terms of our bucket list and the places that we do want to go and see and stuff, we've got to start building it up and be serious about it. This is one place I would love to go. I think, you know, it's so picturesque. It's it's just got everything about it. And it's a tournament where the cream really does rise as well. So I'm really looking forward to this week. And I know it, it isn't a stellar field in terms of what you might normally see. You know, Fitzpatrick has won two years on the bounce there. He's not there this year. Don't know what's going on. He's, he's sitting in a corner in a darkened room trying to get his head around getting, you know, what is, what's he going to do in the Ryder Cup? But he's not there. But it's still a good field, not the cream, but I still think we're going to see top players rising. But yeah, I've got a few bits about the course. Obviously, we talked about the spectacular views of the Swiss Alps. Swiss Alps and <laughs> the the oh, sorry, I was just having a drink. Have you just turned Dutch? <laughs> yeah, the, the <laughs> Swiss Alps. Swiss yeah, but you like the, the smoky Kranz um, Montana mountain range of smoky. <laughs> it's a par 70, uh, 6,848 yards on the yardage book, but obviously it's going to play shorter due to the altitude. So, you know, we're looking at, um, you know, a course that I guess suits different styles of golfers. It's not a bomber's course. You know, it's, it's going to have varying golfers playing you know short and, and long range and altitude fairways are tree lined uh, there are a succession of drivable par fours but <clears throat> whilst they're drivable they do also come with risk attached so 
I think we're going to be looking at strategic play this week, if if I'm honest. Um, but we've got some tricky dog legs in on this course. Small greens that are sort of more like up like upturned saucers. Um, so I think there's going to be an emphasis on scrambling as well. And also with the undulations at this course, you know, hanging lies on the fairways. So I, th I think there's going to be a premium on accuracy and scrambling this week. Um, and there's also water, plenty of water on the back nine. I think there's a run of, uh, I think there's like six holes on the back nine. And obviously one of the most famous holes on the European tour with water is the 18th, as we know um here at this course so uh, yeah I, i'm really looking forward to it anything else on the course that you've got well no it's, I, I was looking for well, i'm looking forward to it still can't wait for tomorrow but you know to get myself into the mood i, I started watching um the sound of music just to see the the vista and the mountains the hills are alive and let's hope it's music to my ears with my picks this week it's beautiful great i love it you've said there are drivable par fours there are reachable into par fives there tends to be a fit with a guy that doesn't risk it all and but takes their good birdie chances yeah and like you've said does require a great short game and so my picks this week so i'm going to be basing it around about guys that score really well high up on the score averaging charts players that play the par fours and par fives well, make a lot of birdies, don't make too many bogeys, but also around the green, they are skillful. So my picks will be split right down the middle. But also, also, I do think there's going to be a slight advantage during the first two rounds. And my, my prediction, looking at the weather, is that anyone playing late on a Thursday will perhaps have it easier than those who are not due to a stronger wind on Friday afternoon. So a late Thursday, early Friday morning start would see your chances improve. Only because, you know, you're obviously high up and if that wind is blowing across those mountains later on and it does gust up there, that gives you a different test to this golf course so i am looking at late starters and some of my picks will be based around that stat interesting i, I know you like to look at that kind of the, the weather angle and the kind of the late early you know early late kind of things but you know i i haven't looked at that this week and maybe that's something i've got to change in, in terms of my statistical view I've gone much more simpler, though, in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm definitely placing an, an, an emphasis on accuracy over power and scrambling. I think I saw a stats. The last four winners have all been ranked top five for scrambling here mm. in this course. Yeah, that to me is is a big sign. So, you know, I, I am looking on that angle. But what I have found difficult this week is to really is to piece the the two elements together of form, not just course form, but form currently with the stat angle. And I found it really, really difficult. So I, I've had to make a decision, you know, in some cases to sacrifice one or the other. And that's my validation. So scrambling, putting, driving accuracy and precision approaching the green. So strokes gained approaching the green are my key statistical areas this week. 
Yeah, sounds yep. good, mate. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on pretty much all of that. And you know, it's it is can throw up a big price winner, and you might see this reflected in my my picks going forward. So only only due to the fact that if you do, is there is a bit of a risk and reward, and you do get away with it, then you can shoot some low score. But as we've seen in the past, players that do go for some of these par fours, if you miss it in the wrong area, you are into big numbers and pretty much ruining your chances of taking yeah. home the European Masters title. No, so, absolutely. It's, I mean, you know, Wiesberger's favourite this week, and he hasn't contended in seven starts here. I, I just don't see how he can be favourite. You know, he threw away his chances a couple of weeks ago and stuff. It's just, so I don't know what the market guys are playing at, because it's not like he's even ranked highly in, in the world rankings. Um, so yeah, a little, little bit of a weird one. And off our man, Sully, you know, we, we like him. We've championed him this year. He's had three missed cuts in four um, here, you know, all right, bang on the cut line, but he also has also shot low rounds here when he, you know, he has played. So it's kind of that, that gamble, do you or don't you? And I think, you know, I've steered away from both of them this week, but we'll get into the picks in a minute. Yeah, well, let's crack on with the picks. I think that yeah, rounds up the it. course. You know, it is a beautiful course. Looking forward to watching that tomorrow, as long as we actually get some coverage from Sky Sports. That would be quite nice. Um, yeah, and they no longer seem to do the morning and later shows. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be like, yeah, yeah, I will just show that, you know, from two o'clock till six. Oh, thanks very much for that. Appreciate it. Anyway, yeah, let's get on to it. Give me your first pick, bro. Let's go. Oh. Okay, my first pick this week is the highest ranked world ranking player in the field, right? I had a look at this week this week and, and looked at the field and looked at the market and thought, you know, world rankings. And it's Victor Perez. Victor Perez is mm. ranked 47th in the world. He's the highest ranked player here this week, right? And he's 45 to 1, almost double, you know, what Wiesberger is. But... He is, he's, he's not had tremendous form this year. He had a tied 13th, I think, at the London Golf Club at the Kazoo Classic. He had a tied 9th at the Players in America. I think he's obviously been spreading his time across, you know, the, the, the Atlantic. And the, as we know, Sawgrass and the Players is a tough course to play. And a tied 9th is, is some going. Um, but he's ranked fourth in scrambling. And when I looked at the odds and the form and stuff, and then obviously my scrambling sort of stat angle, I thought he's he's someone I have to play this week. And at 45 to one, I think he's he's a little bit of value for, for the player that is the highest ranked in the field. I think it's I think it's really good value. So yeah, I'm playing Victor Perez this week for those reasons. Well, I don't think, you know, that the Kazoo Classic tied 13th was a, was a, Good performance. And you're right. You know, the highest golf ranked player in this week's tournament, the European Masters, is 47th. And that really just disappoints me. Yeah, really disappoints me. I know it's the, the FedEx playoffs and what have you, but, you know, there are English lads not involved this week. There's no reason they couldn't have, um, like, come across and, and played and got a sponsors, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But to be the, the 47th, be the highest player in the European Masters doesn't sit well with me at all. But No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. He's a good player, and then I think he's um, I think he's going to go places in the future. Um, hopefully, Switzerland. Right. For me, my first pick is a massive, massive price. 
right? And he hasn't done that much this year, pretty much like Victor Perez, if you like. But it's Nicholas Lemke, the Swedish guy. And he's coming into a bit of form, right? Kazoo and last week, you know, played quite well last week. He's got a great short game. But also, the, one of the reasons I've gone for him is that when he's played high-altitude courses, he's played well. So down in South Africa, he was tied 14th. And there he took advantage of scoring opportunities. And I think this course, although very different in in um, composition to the course in South Africa, in Kenya, if he takes his chances and birdie opportunities like he's done there, I think a 300 to 1 for a player who's showing a bit of form, bit of form. All right, he's never won on the European Tour. You've got to start some how many first time winners we're we talking about loads this season. Absolutely. Right. So it, it could happen for Nicholas, but you know, if we're getting top seven and quarter or fifth of the odds, then a place for three hundred to one Nicholas Lemke for me is a value punt. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, you, you do like your big prices and stuff. And uh, again, like we said, it, it's been very difficult to pick golfers this week when you put the form and the stat angle together. But And you've got mm. to go with, your, your, as I say, you know, conviction with your, your decisions. You have done, you had a tied 33 last week in, in the Czech Republic, uh, finished with a really poor 74. So, yeah, that 300 to 1. Uh, again, you know, you get the place money on him. 75 to 1, pretty good there or thereabouts. Well, you know, some of my, you know, some of my hunches are big this week. You know, I'm not saying Quasimodo big, but some of my hunches <laughs> are big. So I need one of them. But there you go. What's your second one, mate? Second one. I have gone for someone a little bit tighter in the market. He's, I think, if not joint second favourite, it's the South African Justin Harding. I think um, Harding, you know, he's not seen as a big hitter. And as I've said, you know, kind of accuracy over power this week. Oh, short game. Beautiful. Short game is really good. He's tied 14th scrambling. He had a second at the Kazoo Open, a tied fifth at the BMW International, tied seventh at the ISPS Hander. He's had two top 20 finishes in Gran Canaria, a tied 19th at the Open and a tied 19th at the British Masters. So, you know, He's been there or thereabouts. And and I do think if he puts his game together and he gets his putting together, which has sometimes let him down, um, you know, with this scrambling, you know, any anybody that's in the top 20 for scrambling for me this week, I, I think is, has got a squeak. And I know he's only 28 to 1, but I like his chances. And I think, yeah, I, I'm playing Justin Harding, 28 to 1. I know he, he can be a bit frustrating, but I'm playing him. No, I like it. I looked at him because of his short game, and I think that's definitely a, a decent pick there, mate. Well done. Right, second pick, another massive price. He's a Canadian, Aaron Cockrell. I have backed him before. Um, he was tied 17th last week, and I kind of like that. You know, he seems like he's coming into a bit of form. He's played well at high altitude again. And a first look at this place could benefit him. You know, he hasn't played here, so does he come here? Going, oh God, you know, oh, there's that hole. Remember that hole. If I if I do this, do that, yeah, do yeah. the there's other, a it's gonna. There could be, and I, do you know, and you'll you'll hear about this later on over in America. Very similar, you know, first time playing the course and what have you. Um, I like him. He's two hundred and seventy-five to one. Again, massive price, but he does have a great game. He's got a good short game as well. But also with Lemke and Cockerell, like I said before, they're both going out late on okay. Thursday. So that some of the value in the prices there are also based on the fact that I think they'll have the better of the two days. So, um, so yeah, Aaron Cockrell, 275 to one, another big punt. 
Yeah, tied 17th last week. I mean, he's had three other top 40 finishes this season on the European Tour. I think out of the 16 rounds that he's played in those four tournaments, only one of them have been over par. So, mm. you know, <clears throat> if he can put his scoring together, he had a 62 at the Grand Canary Open. So it shows he can go low. And at a course like this, you know, you've got a tendency to go low. So, yeah, 275. I mean, again, another big price. But who knows? When when you're looking at the top-ranked player, 47th, anything can happen. <laughs> Especially when the people at the top of the, the market have a tendency to uh, throw the in, in the out of the pram and, and not play. So, um, yeah, interesting pick. But I like the, the reasons behind it. Thank you. Excellent. Right, my third pick. <laughs> my third pick. So I'm playing Richard Bland this week, uh, which is not something you will normally see me doing. He's normally your man. Um, and I actually put a tweet out last night to Blandy because he responded to uh, Sam Harrop because um, obviously he got a, a mention and he, he, he said he was starstruck. And I said, well, Mr. Bland, you know, my brother put a song out about you, which I thought was really good earlier in the season when you won at the British Masters. Have you listened to it? So, you don't know, we, we might get a might get a response from it at some point in 2024. But Richard Bland, 33 to 1. Uh, had a phenomenal, I'm going to say it, we haven't said it yet, but he's had a, a really great season. Um, ninth, scrambling. 11th, driving accuracy. I said accuracy over power. He's not your longest of hitters, but he's long enough. Um, it, you know, other than his win at the British Masters, he's had four of the top tens. He's had a, um, a tied 15th and a tied 27th. So that Blandy has had a great season. And there's no reason here this week why he cannot carry that form on. As I say, striking the right stat angles for me in places, 33 to 1, seems a little bit of value. I'm not going big like you. But I think I think he's got chances this week. He's in form. No, yeah, no, he is. He's consistent, and he'll find. I think he'll give himself enough birdie chances um, by playing the course well and not trying to overpower it because he can't overpower it. I just hope you know a man of his age is going to be okay up in those high altitude um, atmospheres. So, yeah, good pick. Another one like it. Third pick for me. Now this man, he's here. He hasn't played a lot on the European Tour, right? We have, we haven't seen him since the Open on the European Tour, if you like. Um, but he's here for a reason, and we know what that reason is. The reason is love. No, no, Ryder Cup. <laughs> Ryder Cup. He's here for the Ryder Cup, right? He's here to get in Paddy's eyes, right? Irish eyes. Oh, no, Spanish eyes, isn't it? Anyway, he's Italian. Guido Migliozzi. Mm. Now, you know, when he played on the European Tour two seconds at Himmeland and British Masters, right? So we, we know he's talented. We know he's talented. We know, you know, it's fourth in the US Open. How good was that? A great performance in the Travellers over on the PGA Tour. He's here to get in Paddy's eyes and he's going to play well. He's not played a lot of golf. And I think that freshness and his ability to score well, which he, he always has and always scores well, does well, scoring averages there. Um, off the tee can be a little bit erratic if you like, but I don't think he has to try and power it too much. I think he can draw back a bit, and make sure he finds those fairways, and his irons are superb. And I think Guido Migliozzi at thirty-five to one is a very good pick. 
Yeah, I, th- I looked at Miliotsi this week. I really did. And he, he was on my short list, but didn't make the final cuts. It's interesting. So he's had two seconds, like you say. He's had a tied fourth at the US Open. They're great, great finishes. I think in those 32 rounds that he's played in the eight tournaments where he's finished inside the top 40, only two of them have been over par. You know, he, he shot a 62 at Gran Canaria, shot a 63 at the Himalayan. So he can go low. So I, I think, you know, for that reason that you said about trying to make a last minute push into this, I think it's a little bit far-fetched to get into the Ryder Cup, to be honest with you. But a great finish this week, a win. Who knows? That may open the door. But And what yeah. price is he? What is he? 35s. 35s. Okay, so you've gone a little bit more sensible on that one. But I think he's a good play. I say he, he, he was on my list, but yeah, I like it. No, he's. I think he's a, he's, a, he's a talented player, and I think he's um, he's probably one of the better field, players in this field. So he's my pick. And what's your last pick? My last pick. So I, so I mentioned Sully earlier on. Is that Sully hasn't made the four, but it was between him and this pick, um, Henrik Stenson. Uh, you know, I was impressed by Henrik Stenson last week. Is you know. For someone who hasn't had a lot of form this year, I thought his finish, his tied fourth last week, was was impressive. He's ranked highly on driving accuracy. He doesn't hit many of the other stats, but that's this is where I've gone like form. I I, I think I do think current form sometimes is is a big deciding factor, but I also do think that this whole Ryder Cup shaker. I, I really do still think there is a chance for someone like Stenson, given his Ryder Cup pedigree and history to make a last-minute push and get in. He's 55-1, to which is actually quite enticing. Mm. And, you know, for those reasons alone, and last week's tied fourth shows he's in form, I I think he could play this week at a a high level. And, yeah, I'm I'm playing him. He's my fourth pick over Sully. I think he's, you know, definitely Ryder Cup material because of his personality. You know, all the lads like him, and he'd be great to... I think he'll still be there even if he's not playing. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, he is. Yeah, I, I did look at him and I was tempted, but not enough. So yeah. anyway, that that um, that's your four. Yeah. And to round off my four, I'm going for a sexy Frenchman. <laughs> oh, oui, oui, oui. Yes, I am. It's Victor de Buisson. De Buisson. I, I thought for one minute you were going to say Rosner. No, Victor de Buisson. Um, Yeah, big hitting Frenchman, past Ryder Cup performer. He's third on the birdies per round. He's fourth on the par four scoring. He's fifth on the par five scoring. Scoring, scoring, scoring. 80 to 1. 80 to 1. For compliments. (laughs) (laughs) 80 to 1. That's, yeah, I thought he'd be bigger. As he, he, he's not going out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's not going out late. Him and Guido are going out early. He'll get up. Frenchman will perform tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I'm, I like it. I think eighty to one is a good price, and I think he hits all the stats. You know, he has got a good short game, but he also scores well, and he scores well on the par fours and par, uh, par five. So, yeah, for me, eighty to one, I think it's a good price. And when he's in contention, you see him lingering around. Yeah, his highest finish this year at the BMW International at fourth. Um, so at least he's had a top 10 finish. Uh, but yeah, uh, why not? Why not at 80 to 1? Why not indeed? And I think that rounds up, Kranz, yeah, this year. absolutely does. So in Victor de Buisson style, 
It's Arivoa, Switzerland. Bonjour, Maryland. As we go over <laughs> to America for the BMW International, a Caves Valley golf course. Caves Valley, indeed. Like, I can't wait for this. And it's, you know, it's a course that we, we haven't seen before. It's been played in the seniors tour yeah. and what have you. 2017, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, and I kind of like this, you know, we didn't see the course at Concession. We didn't see the Congreve or the Palmetto. And, you know, it's going to be interesting that a lot of players have played this course. But um, tell us a bit about it. Yeah, so we've got a par 72 here. Um, yardage is 7542, so just a shade over 7,500 yards. Uh, 15 miles northwest of Baltimore in Maryland. And a Tom Fazio design. So it's, um, you know, we, we talked a bit this year about sort of Fazio designs, Corales, Punta Cana, um, Conway Farms, which I think house or was home to the bmw in 13 15 and 17 um but yeah an interesting course this week like you say no form to go on whatsoever in terms of the pga i'm sure a lot of the players have played it um you know obviously getting ready for for this week's tournament in their spare time which is very little but we've got the fairways are pencross bentgrass this week um the rough in places and and we've got a it's almost like um yeah it, it's a two-sided coin this course the front nine has got plenty of elevation changes and a lot of wooded areas and the back nines a lot more flatter more water but also has longer fescue for the wayward drivers so i think it's going to present a real interesting challenge this week and the greens are pure distinction bent grass greens um, but yeah, I, you know, I just like the layout of the course. I know sometimes you do like the flyovers and stuff, and I actually have done that this time on this course. I just wanted to get a view and a feel for kind of really what the course looked like as we've not seen it before. But there's a few points about the course that I've been able to look at. We've got water on five holes. As I say, on the back nine, there's more water than the front nine. So always a little bit of danger when there's water involved on a golf course. Um, just, to, I mean, we'll get to your points in a minute, but all the par fives are sub 600, which therefore means, you know, for a lot of these golfers, they are reachable in two. Um, but interestingly enough as well, three of the par fours are sub 400. You know, I think the first is 365, the fifth is 356 and the 11th is 356. So, you know, your long drivers, are, are they, you know, is someone like a Bryson going to be able to reach these or be there or thereabouts? Uh, you know, that obviously the layout, dog dog legs, etc. But there are also challenging par fours with six of them being greater than 450 yards long. So, you know, a, a real mix of challenges on the par four structure. But strikingly enough for me, the par threes, I think it's going to be par three scoring this week is on my stat radar. And the reason being four of the par threes, that they're, three of them in particular are greater than 220. The third is 224, the sixth is 223, the 13th is 221, and the 17th is just shy of 200 at 192. So longish par threes this week, and I think that's going to be a premium for the stat angle. So, yeah, a few things from me on the course there. What about yourself? Yeah, totally agree. Par threes, you know, there are four of them and they are very long. Um, yeah, there's a bit of elevation um, 
Elevation. Yeah, come on, carry on. <laughs> hey, go go and take your meds, mate. Do you you're having a moment? Just, take my first a, tablet of the just day. Yeah. leave your that your song is later. Okay, everyone can listen to your um, beautiful tones. Voice of an angel, they say. An angel being strangled. Right. The, the, <laughs> there are four par threes, yeah, and they are quite long. So I have been looking at the par three angle. Eleven par fours, three par fives, like you said, perhaps reachable um, par fives, depending obviously if you're feeling aggressive or not. There are generous landing areas for the fairways, plenty of water. There are trees in and around, but these trees have high canopies. So you won't be having to punch stuff under. If you've got a view to the green, you could probably have a full swing if you're amongst the trees, which I'm sure some of them will, i.e. Bryson. But yeah, the par, some of the stats I've been looking at, par fours, I've been looking in stats of around about 360 yards and players that perform well on those sort of length par fours and par um, 470 yards for par fours. So you're looking at how players play those par fours. That's incorporated into my picks. The bunkers, if you're wayward off the tee, they're weak bunkers. They're typical American PGA bunkers. They're not really hazards. They're just little wasteland areas. There's no lips on, no massive lips on these bunkers. So if you're in them, then yeah, happy days. Now you look at where they've had tournaments on this track, you know, what tournaments have been at this track, the senior open. And it was really low scoring when they played the senior open. And I think the senior PGA here, um, senior players, mean, yeah, senior, senior players. players, sorry. Yeah. That, does that mean they're going to absolutely destroy the course? Well, a little detective work. Then one of the uh, members and major members of this course is the owner of Under Armour. And we know that Under Armour are, main sponsor of um, clothing sponsor of Jordan Spieth. Now, Jordan Spieth has played a lot of golf here with the owner of Under Armour, has been reported. And he says, you know, the, the scoring early on, sort of one to four, one to five holes, you can make some good scoring in those holes. But after that, he believes it's a true stern test. So I know that they've lengthened the course. Um, since the seniors have played and they've put a few extra bunkers in and they've tried to muddle the course to, to fit these PGA players and make it a test for them. So then I know they brought the rough up a little bit. They've narrowed the fairways in a little bit more. So this, although there will be scoring opportunities and the times to attack some par fours and what have you, I don't think it's going to be an absolute, you know, it's not, I don't think it's going to be in a mid 20 under winning score in my personal opinion. There's not going to be any wind, um, so that's not going to affect it. So, yeah, they'll get good conditions. There may be a bit of disruption uh, through the weekend with thunderstorms, but, you know, it's not going to be anywhere near what happened at Liberty. So, yeah, I'm seeing plenty of water, generous landing areas, weak bunkers. Focus on, you know, my focus is on the putting and par three scoring and a little bit of length, obviously, because of the, the longer par fours, your 470s and what have you. So they're, they're my takes on it. Obviously, not playing this course before. I've looked at how players have played at first-time golf courses like your Congaree, the Palmetto and Concession. So, yeah, all these stats have been incorporated into my four picks this week, and I'm looking forward to it. Okay, excellent. Yeah, stat angle. Um, uh, I mean, interesting, some of the angles you're looking at. It's par three scoring, definitely. Birdie or better percentage for me. Driving accuracy, driving distance, and also um, approaches from plus 200 yards. I, I think 
you know that that for me is another angle not normal angle that i look for but um i found it a bit easier with this tournament to kind of find the stats a golfer angle than i did with the the european event so yeah kind of um really looking forward to this second event on the playoffs and i think we're going to see some movement you know to try and get into east lake well, it's not the angle of the dangle, the dangle of the angle. Let's go for the picks then. Shall I go yeah, first? do it. Let's go. My first pick is a man who opted out of playing last week because he already knew he was in this week. He's had a good look at this golf course because he wasn't involved in the affected Liberty National, the hurricane and what have you. It's Louis Oosthuizen. Mm. And he has plenty of time to suss this course out. And reports say that he quite enjoys it. And I think it'll suit his game. Great long iron player. Um, so the par threes, fine. He takes care of business. He'll put the ball in the right spot and he'll give himself a lot of chances. And I think a 28 to 1 for Luis days. And he's been very consistent this year. Let's hope he can notch one spot up instead of finishing second all the time. So he's, he's my first pick. Yeah, I think it's a great pick. And he was definitely someone I looked at. I, you know, he's canny South African. He's played brilliant golf. This year, I think the move last week, I don't know what forced it, whether it was a strategic move and whether he knew he was going to be in the top 70. He knew there was going to be a hurricane. He knew there was going to be a delay to his plans, etc. And they were the reasons he stayed out. I don't know. But that could be a master stroke for this week. And, you know, he's definitely up there. As I say, great season, 28 to 1. A little bit short for me, but he is playing some great golf and up there with the best golfers in the world. So why not? I think a lot of people were looking at Louis Oosthuizen this week as, you know, he took that week off. Was there a reason for it? He's a little bit fresher. Hasn't had the troubles of last week, maybe. I think it's a great pick. Well, just a, and a quick word, obviously, he missed the tournament last week. We knew that Patrick Reed missed the tournament. There was a lot of talk about him having a bad ankle. But in fact, he's suffering with double pneumonia. So we wish him a speedy recovery and hope that Patrick is all right. Perhaps he wants to get a second opinion on that um, diagnosis, but um, good luck to him. Um, what's your first pick? Yeah, my first pick this week. Uh, do you know what? I I want to play this guy really, really hard in a golfing sense. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> last week, last week, he, oh, cra- crap tournament last week, but this guy is class personified and he's had two wins this year. He won at the Open, won the WGC Workday events. It's Colin Morikawa. And at 20 to 1, I think he represents a bit of value. You know, if I compare him with John Rahm, I know Rahm's ranked one in the world. He's having, you know, uh, an in and out season because obviously he's had COVID interruptions and stuff. But after last week, I don't think anybody in their right mind can play John Rahm at 13 to two, six and a half to one. You know, you just can't. And at three times that value, Morikawa is just, is bang up there. And I, I really, as I say, I'm really keen on him this week. Two wins, seven top 10 finishes. Uh, he's sixth in the FedEx Cup. He's 1177 points behind uh, Tony Finau. So, you know, with big points up for grabs this week, um, Morikawa, with what he's done so far in his early, early career, you know, he's got a great chance of scooping this massive FedEx Cup pot. And he, he hits all of my stat angles this week. He is 
ranked one strokes gained approach. He's ranked four GIR and high on the other rankings. And I just think he is set up for this week. I, I think I don't think he'd be tired from winning the Open, and, and maybe that's had a bit of an impact when you win a major. But yeah, th- this guy's a phenomenal talent. And uh, twenty to one, my first play, Colin Morikawa. Nice one. Okay. Yeah. Second play for me is a player. I don't even have to look at the stats. I'm just going on basic form. And last week he had a quadruple seven um, par three in his final round, but bounced back so well, so well to come back up the leaderboard and finish well. And I think it is completely disrespectful. And I'm glad they have been disrespectful, but it's disrespectful to have him at a hundred to one. It's Eric Van Royen. You know, he gets his gets his first win, then he plays really, really well again. And now he's coming to a course which I think will suit him. He's decent on the par three scoring, great with a long iron, takes his birdie opportunities. Yeah, he's a bit aggressive, um which I which I like. Um and I think sometimes it comes off. Yet he got it completely wrong on the par three, but he wasn't on his own that week neither. It was a tough hole. But Eric Van Royen, second pick, hundred to one. I think he's a big price. The only thing that concerns me about EVR is, you know, you shoot 62 on the Saturday and then you shoot 10 shots worse on the final round. I know you said he had a triple, but um, he's up there. And obviously buoyed by his recent win, there is no reason why he can't contend. I think the price, you're absolutely spot on. I think that the market's totally disrespectful. Um, to someone who's in banging form at the moment, uh, in a field of in a field of what seventy seventy, 70 people, yeah, it's it's yeah, big. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. It's big. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe price uh, place money, Craig. Really, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think the cream are going to rise again this week. I'm not saying he's he's not cream, but he's he's had a good season. And I say, would you, what would you say win, he so. is? Half and half. Yeah, something like that. If it was semi skimmed, yeah, yeah. Is it is he UHT? It could be semi. All right. Yeah. Enough of that. Semi on. (laughs) I love a glass of of semi on. Steady on. Semi on. Yeah, it's white, isn't it? There we go. Yes, it is. I tell you what, you are so cultured. Well done. I know. It's brilliant. Love it. Um, Okay. EVR. Yeah, like it. Okay. My second pick. I am going to play Daniel Berger. Daniel Berger, 35 to 1, disappointing again last week. I think he was one of your picks, wasn't he? Um, he yep, thank you. He is 23rd in the FedEx, uh, again, roughly about 1,900 points behind Tony Finau. But he hasn't, he hasn't won since the Pebble, Pebble Beach, A and T, T and T, Pebble Beach. Uh, he's How many T's? 80 to Granville. Go fetch P's. I'll just put my teeth in. Hold on a minute. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm right. I'm back. Back in the game, Mickey Flanagan style. Uh, he's had eight top ten finishes this year, but importantly enough, he really does hit a lot of my stat angles this week. He's fifth in par three performance, eighth GIR, seventh strokes gained approach, and seventeenth. All right, inside the top twenty, birdie or better. So. Say disappointed last week, but I I still think he's got a big tournament in him. Daniel Berger, I say slightly disappointing this year, but you know would have expected him to maybe win more than once, and that was a lot earlier in the season. But at thirty-five to one, I I can't leave him out. I just think he's got a big tournament in him, and this could be the week. 
Yeah, no, no, fair enough. Yeah, he's um, yeah, I like you said, I had him last week, a bit disappointing, but he's one of those players when the big time comes on, he does tend to to stick around, doesn't he? So yeah, okay, I like that. Third pick, I think might be one of yours as well. I'm not 100 percent sure, but we all know I I love this guy, and I'll I'll. I'll stand by his side in a war, a war against Michelob. But it's Bryson DeChambeau. Now, he is what he is, and he, he showed some really lovely play last week. And for Bryson off the tee, 64% of the fairways hit in the whole tournament last week was pretty damn good for him, which shows you he is striking that ball well off the tee. And when Bryson strikes the ball well off the tee, then you the rest of the tournament, could, you know, the rest of the players are in trouble. And I think he'll suit it. He'll suit this course, right? Look at the shape. A lot of the courses, there's particularly one of the holes where he could cut across the trees, take out the bunkers. It's a slight dog leg, right? But he can cut it across the trees with his, with his draw. And I think he'll put himself in a good position. I think he'll take full advantage of the early holes and expect to see Bryson three or four under after five holes tomorrow. I'm telling you, I feel it. Timmy that's, Water. That's a big either call. Either that or Cystitis. What? <laughs> yeah. Nice. I, I think it's a big call, you know, to be that low early on in the tournament. I, I think you said maybe Spieth had reportedly said that many people could go low in the first four or five holes or whatever. So, I mean, he's got to put a lot of things together, hasn't he? And you're right. He is, he is my third pick. So let's talk about him jointly. Um, you know, we like Bryson. I, I think, you know, a win here this week could be two fingers up to his haters. You know, Yes, he won at the Arnie Palmer and he's had five top 10 finishes. Um, my concern with Bryson this week, and it was a concern, it's kind of, you know, I was like, add him on the fence. Which side of the fence did he fall on? I think this course is, from a fairway perspective, is a little bit tighter than last week. So you said 64%. But if mm. he's a little bit way, if he's a little bit more wayward, and we've talked on the back nine, there's a lot more long fescue grass and stuff. And we know he can dig it out. He's a strong fella. But he's he's got to be on it with that driving accuracy, not just distance. I think, yes, he could probably overpower the course and certainly some of the par fours. Um, but I just, I think, you know, his FedEx Cup, FedEx Cup standing, his standing in the statistical area that we're looking at, and he ranks... Highly in driving distance, birdie or better, and par three performance, and these par threes are long. I I think he's he's got it in him this week to come back. I I'd love to see. Do you know what? I'd love to see a win for Bryson. A lot of people don't like him, and and I think it's you know it can sometimes border on the bullying and the victimization. And but I'd love to see him stick those two fingers up and go, Abbott, I'm going back to the top of the FedEx Cup leaderboard, and I'm here to stay. Well, you know, when he won the Arnie Palmer, he was, you know, his driving accuracy was only 57%. Yeah. So we know, like you said, he can muscle it out of there. And I think, you know, last week, all right, he was tied 31, um, but he played some nice golf in that last round. The week before, he was tied eighth with 60% of the greens. So for me, I just feel, and you watch him, and he's, he's blocking a bit of, you know, his reluctance to talk to the press last week. I think he's, he's focused. He's like, okay. Everyone's giving me a lot of hassle. I'm just going to focus on my game here. And he even got he even got hassle for wanting to, um, after the Ryder Cup, wanting to go and compete in the World Long Drive Championships. You know, why are people like the podcasters no laying up? They do not like him. 
and they're constantly on his case. And it's like, come on, guys, you know, you're criticizing a player that's played, would, would have played the Ryder Cup. He can do whatever he likes. It's a free world. You don't control this guy. If he wants to go and play in a world long driving championship, that's fine. If he wants to go and play in tiddlywinks with bloody whoever, Trump, I don't, it doesn't bother me. He can do whatever he likes, right? This guy seems to be focused coming into the last two tournaments of the FedEx and expect him to be absolutely nailed on this week. And I really love his chances. And I've probably the most confident I've been about Bryson all year. Really? 20 to that, one. Yeah, bold statement. He needs a big tournament, Craig. Uh, I think he does. You know, he's kind of battling against the elements at the moment on many fronts. But he, he needs a big one this week. And it's, uh, not from a FedEx Cup point of view, but I think for everything else that's going on around it. So wish him luck. He's both our um, third plays. So Bryson, 20 to one. Okay, well, in that case, I'll go for my fourth pick. Um, it's it's a man, he's too good, right? He's too good. And it was too bad to be true last week. And he didn't play well. He only missed a cut on the number, which is fine. I think he'll enjoy this track. I think it'll suit his eye. I think he'll have enough opportunities to, to and I think, you know, he'll start off well in the first hole. And he'll get his confidence up and he'll, he's a confidence player. I mentioned him in my song. He has a funny walk. Looks like he's got a, a stone in his shoe. But it's DJ. DJ back on the radar. He did say last week. He did say last week after he missed the cut and he was t- and he went off and he's gone up and played um, Caves Valley a couple of times. And he feels like his game is getting back somewhere. Now, you know, when someone like DJ turns around and says his game feels like it's getting back somewhere, you've got to your ears prick up. Your ears prick up, and you go, oh, "Okay." This is DJ. Earlier in the season, we were looking at 10 to 1 odds for him to win a tournament. He's 22 to 1 in a shortened field of 70. If his game's coming back to something like the best, I think it's great value. I, yeah, I, I think, you know, foolhardy to leave DJ out of any reckoning because he is a big time Charlie. You know, he, he's a cracking player. He's got phenomenal talents again. He's way down in the FedEx Cup rankings. I think he's 22nd. Yeah, he's 22nd in the FedEx. Um, you know, again, albeit only 1,800 points off the lead. So a big tournament this week, a win, gets him back in the reckoning. Um, but when, when someone like DJ tells you that, you know, he's been up to this course, he's practised, he doesn't feel his game's that far off, you'd be wrong to listen. And, and what price is he? 22 to 1. So You'd be wrong to listen? What are you on about? No, you'd be wrong not to listen. Sorry, I missed out That's a key really word. You'd be wrong not to listen. That's a big but word. It's a big word, not. Um, but yeah. It's like if you tell someone not to smoke and you say, do smoke. It's like... Yeah, uh, right. I don't help. need an English lesson. Come on, let's get on with the golf. It's, <laughs> it's... it's a big word. <laughs> yeah. It was three letters, but it's a big word. Yeah, so is off. Right, anyway. Um... <laughs> yeah, I, I, DJ, good pick. Uh, you know, the, you've, you've gone for 20 to 1 Bryson, 22 to 1 DJ, a bit more sensible in America. Well done, bro. Okay, you want my fourth? Not really. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Sod off. Cool. Right. Okay. Yeah, All right. Well, I have gone for a little bit more value in the market this week, and I'm being probably a bit of a nutcase from a tipping point of view. But like you love Bryson, I love Lefty, and Lefty just <laughs> just made it into this event. He finished 70th in the FedEx Cup, so he's right on the bubble, and he's 160 to one this week. Mm-hmm. Now, 
Okay. So what's Mickelson done the rest of this season apart from win the PGA at QR Ireland? Well, he's 50, was he 51, 52, whatever? He's, he's early 50s. What's he done? He's still competing with the big boys. He's in the top 70 of the FedEx Cup ranking. He is only 500 points off the top 30 bubble for a place at Eastlake. So Mickelson's looking at this again, pip in mind, longevity. Mickelson's a top class performer and at 160 to one. I just thought I, I can't, I can't leave him out. And so he's in my, he's in my squad this week. And, and I think he's going to make it to Eastlake. I really do. But then, well, I then hope, again, I hope he, he could miss the cut. You know, I hope he does. I hope he does. He's tied. He was tied 17th at the FedEx, uh, the St. Jude, uh, the, the WGC. And I thought that was a great performance there. And yeah, like I said, and I've reiterated in a cut, you know, cut field of 70. That's a big price for a player like him. Yeah. No cut, no cut this week, four rounds. And you know, that he's playing for something and, and obviously, you know, he's flying the flag for the seniors, but yeah, it was a toss up between Mickelson and Harris English. I'm not going to lie. Harris English at 40 to one, but I'm not, I'm playing four, not five this week. And yeah, you know, English might go and win, but it's Mickelson for me for a bit of value at 160 to one. Love him. Wow. Well done, mate. I, I like the picks and let's, so let's just, let's round up the, the picks for, so the European tour, I went for Nicholas Lemke, Aaron Cockrell, Victor Debusson, Guido Miliozzi. You went for Victor Perez, Justin Harden, Richard Bland, Henrik Stenson. In America, you went for Morikawa, Berger, DeChambeau, and Mickelson. And in America, I went for Bryson DeChambeau. Also, Louis Eustazen, Eric Van Royen, and Dustin Johnson. So there are our eight picks. Now, just a quick just a quick one because, you know, it's we're getting on and people are probably getting bored of listening to us because we've got your song to come as well, which I can't wait to listen to. But... If you had one pick, right, one pick outside the guys that have already made it into the European Ryder Cup team, who would you take? <laughs> you asked me that question last week, didn't you? And have I thought about it in the space of a week? Well, I was hoping pro- so. Yeah, pro- probably not because I'm saving it up for the Ryder Cup. But I am. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to say Henrik Stenson, Craig, because I, I picked him this week, and I just think. Mm. Like you say, he's kind of, as I look at it now, it's Henrik Stenson. Whether he makes the team or not, yes, he will absolutely be there. He, he is Ryder Cup through and through, just like Ian Poulter is, you know. And yeah, Henrik Stenson for me, it's, um, but I, I don't know, has Poulter made the side yet? No, no, he hasn't made the side. He's, he's, they reckon it's he's Poulter guaranteed. Poulter or Stenson. Yeah, well, they reckon he, they reckon Poulter's guaranteed as one of the picks, and um, I think he's already been told because you listened to him Probably, when he missed yeah. the cut last week, and he was interviewed. He was saying, "Well, hopefully, I'll be one of his picks." But he's in he's in quite good form, and he's been playing well. So I would suggest that Paddy will take him for many reasons. Um, mine would be Guido Miliozzi based on his U.S. Open performance and what he's done over in America. So you know. That alone, I think he's a great ball striker. I think this week will go a long way for him to be in Paddy's eyes So and Paddy's mind. So, OK, well, that was a little sidestep. So next week, we will be, obviously, we'll be looking back at this week and seeing what's happened. And we'll be discussing that and who's made it into the Tour Championship at East Lake in Atlanta, Georgia next week. And then on the European Tour, we're in Rome. And when in Rome, 
you play golf. We're at the Marco Simone Golf and Country Club for the Italian Open. So, unless you've got anything else to say, Graham? No, I've got nothing else to say other than enjoy my song. I've ventured into it as probably a one-off. It'll never happen again, but I love the jam. Hey, mate, they, I, there could be a, a, a contract on its way from Simon Cole, Cowell even. You know, look what happened to Subo. You know, you had um, very many similarities between you and Subo. Yeah. We won't discuss what they are. But anyway, listen to Graham Big Bro's take on the Jam Classic. Everyone, get out. There's a Bobby Wardour Street. Enjoy, everyone. See you next week. Have fun. Where the drives are spread no fall With insincere overtones Fear and danger linger out there A strictly no-go spectator zone I don't know what I'm doing here Cause I thought I'd seen it all There's a bad drive at Liberty They've called in the marshals, they've called in the policemen I'm laid out on the fairway floor My head's been hit bad and he couldn't shuffle Through the haze I can see Radar He looks back and he's calling for war I tried to get back up the back to the floor Bad drive at Liberty It's down in New Jersey now it's spreading through the country Drive at Liberty. It's all over the country now, it's spreading through the world. Etiquette takes a turn for the worst in the shape of a little ball. Bashed up heads all over the course, and they can't even shuffle. If this is golf, then I don't understand, cause it don't seem like it to me. Bad drive at Liberty Shout for, shout for, shout for, shout for Bad situation A bandage nation A foreign war They must do more It's Andrew Carlton D-E-C-H-A-M-B-E-A You're the shampoo